Revival, and this is Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for programming provided by Trappist Caskets, a work of the monks of New Mallory Abbey in Piasta, Iowa. Embracing an honest approach to death can more readily affirm the real meaning of life. Trappist Caskets and urns are made in the prayer flow environment of the monastery using Iowa-grown wood from the Abbey's sustainable forest. Each casket and urn is blessed by a monk. Quietly laboring with their hands for 175 years, the monks offer workmanship at the pinnacle of woodworkers' craft, available for immediate delivery or as a part of a pre-planning program. Learn more at trappistcaskets.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by CTO. Your support has helped thousands of students attend our Catholic schools. CTOiowa.org. At CTO, the bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Be Not Afraid comes from Ball Team, your builder of all faith-based construction needs. Learn more at buildwithball.com. Now, hear the good news and be not afraid. Good morning. Welcome to Be Not Afraid, Iowa Catholic Radio. Father PJ, good morning. Good morning, Father. Let us begin in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God, our Father, who called St. Francis. Xavier Cabrini, from Italy to serve the immigrants of America, by her example, teach us to have concern for the stranger, the sick, and all those in need, and by her prayers, help us to see Christ in all the men and women we meet. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. The Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, St. Francis Cabrini. We have a close story about it, San Francis, in our... Yeah, I mean, so Mother Cabrini is is very, very important for us because she was uh, the first U.S. citizen to be canonized as a saint. Um, She she wasn't the first person in the Americas to be canonized as a saint, but she's the first one who was a a naturalized U.S. citizen. She wasn't born here. She was born in Italy. There's a great devotion to Mother Cabrini, um, both at St. Anthony and at Christ the King, which are historically Italian parishes. Okay. Um, uh, there's a statue of her at uh, at St. Anthony. Um, uh, she she became a real kind of folk hero for Italian-Americans because she was one of theirs that became okay. a saint. Um, in Chicago, she worked uh, deeply in many places. And, and, of course, the famous Cabrini Green uh, is, is still there uh, in her honor. Um, she I have a personal connection to her because she lived and worked in Denver, Colorado, um, and, uh, and, and, and lived specifically in St. Dominic's parish, which is where I made my novitiate with the Dominicans. So I, I lived there for a year then. And then a year later, um, and when I was a novice, there were still elderly people in the parish who could remember her. Wow. Uh, when, from when they were children. Okay. Um, uh, you know, she, 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 she died in 1917, but when I was in the novitiate, like in the early 2000s, there were people in their 80s and 90s that, that knew her. And, and the stories that people told about her were that, um, she, you know, today when religious do begging, it's uh-huh. mostly fundraising, right? Oh. So it's kind of development work. You send out envelopes, you make pitches at parishes, people give you money. In those days, it was genuinely... Knock knocking door. door to door. Wow. And so I, I remember very distinctly this old man talking about how when Mother Cabrini, when people would see Mother Cabrini coming down the street, their mothers would shut the doors, turn off all the lights and hide the children in the basement <laughs> because she was so insistent. She'd come to the door and if, and if you didn't have anything to give her, she'd bring an orphan along and say, don't you want to feed poor little Johnny and this sort of thing. Yeah. Um, she was she was very tough. 
very hard nosed, very insistent, and and, and insistent and persistent. Yeah, like a, like 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 the kind of abuela that makes you the chocolate, right? And so 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 she, but she had a great and tender love for children, especially orphans and foundlings, and she produced many 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 vocations uh, in the life of the church um, because people were so moved by her great love for the poor and uh, and her genuine care. For the children that were in her charge. That connection between um, religious formation and education with a faith formation in the schools. How yeah. was that? So, so, you know, she's operating. So, so, so she's, she comes a bit after the founding of the first set of Catholic schools. So Mother Seton is the one that, 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 that initially sort of Seton. is part of that. Elizabeth Ann Seton. So like what the, the parish in Carlisle is named for. Uh-huh. Um, Mother Cabrini absolutely worked with Catholic schools in and around Chicago, but she also recognized that there were children who weren't going to be able to be in the Catholic schools, not for financial reasons that might guide things now because there wasn't tuition so much in those days, but, um, but because there were places where there just weren't schools yet. Uh, and she, she, you know, while she was in Chicago, she wound up spending the latter part of her life kind of on the, um, uh, on the Western frontier Um and the church just wasn't developed enough to have uh, a lot of schools. And so she was a great uh, teacher of the faith, whether that was in a classroom or on the playground okay. or teach, or, or while the kids were doing handicraft to make things to support themselves. Um, there are still in the museum out in Colorado, there's still like like uh, uh, baskets and, 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 and crafts like that, that that she and the children made to help support themselves in running the orphanage. That kind of attitude that going door by door to request uh fundraising or support support the church is still be active in in uh, in our world today that we try to use in the mass media to communicate and request helping for others if we're talking about vocations that he, she has been inspired and motivated many vocations we can uh, also explore the alternative to refresh our vocations calling and ministry as well through this kind of example of life. Why this kind of woman did not transcend to help us to, to inspire another woman in the same way to their religious life you know, I, today? I, I get it. I think one of the most important things about Mother Cabrini's story is that you know she grew up in this little town in Italy and, um, and wanted to enter the community of the sisters that had taught at the school she grew up in. She wanted to be a sister, and these were the sisters she knew, and so she wanted to, and they wouldn't let her join. Um, because she was, she was born prematurely, um, and so was always sort of small and frail. And I I mean this in all sort of charity, but, um, she was not an especially attractive woman and people like that's noted. People talk about that. Like her, she she looked kind of off. Uh, and if you, and if you look up photos of her, cause she's late enough there, there are photographs, you can kind of see it. And so the sisters, when she first tried to join, they said, you're, you're too sick. You're too frail. You're not going to make it. The irony behind this was the sisters she was trying to enter led, from our perspective, a pretty cushy life. Um, it, it was rigorous in terms of the fast that they kept and the, uh, you know, the, the austerity of the convent or something. But they lived like in a convent in a city where people would take care of them and stuff. She winds up uh, helping found this community uh, in the States that, that, that goes to the Wild West, Right. Like she winds up on the frontier. So, 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 so the life she lived as a missionary was probably much more harsh than the life she could have lived as a, as a more contemplative religious or, or at least more, more respectable type religious back in, in Italy. And so, so I think the, the move there, right, is that 
what inspires people is holiness. It's not the particular shape that the holiness takes. It's, it's, it's holiness. And what was compelling about her, even though she was sometimes a very difficult person, was that, was that mean, she was genuinely holy. Like there was a genuine quality of godliness about her that wasn't true of everybody else that people met. Sometimes we have confusion between discipline and holiness as mm -hmm. well, you know? And we, we presume that the holiness implying uh, discipline and is excluded and not necessary. Severity and sanctity are not identical. Iowa Catholic Radio, be not afraid. Thank you to our business partner, McDonald Imaging Solutions. Family-owned, Marty and his son, Caleb McDonald, offered branded corporate apparel, logoed promotional products, marketing solutions, and printed items. Learn more at McDonaldImagingSolutions.com. Weekdays at 1 p.m., it's Dr. David Anders with Call to Communion. It's a live call-in show for non-Catholics and fallen-away Catholics. Call to Communion on the Iowa Catholic Radio Network. Connecting listeners with Christ. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio funded by Loris College, a nationally ranked Catholic college located in Dubuque on the bluffs of the Mississippi River. Loris College is an innovator and leader in liberal arts education, challenging students to work towards building a more just and ethical world by respecting the human dignity of all. Catholic identity is integrated throughout our curriculum and experiences. Loris College invests in graduate and undergraduate students to light the path toward a better future. Learn more at loris.edu. Attention pro-lifers, help us celebrate life. Attend Pulse Life Advocates Christmas Gala Saturday, November 18th at the Iowa Events Center in downtown Des Moines. Get details at pulseforlife.org. We hope to see you this November. Support for programming provided by Dr. David Ball at Des Moines Eye Surgeons, your total eye care specialist, specializing in cataracts and glaucoma care. Des Moines Eye Surgeons, 515-225-3546 or dmisurgeons.com. Welcome back to, to Be Not Afraid, Iowa Catholic Radio. In the same level of education and saints relate to the formation of the youth and new generations, we have this week at St. Albert the Great. Very interesting person in terms of formation and education as well. You know? So St. Albert is best remembered as a teacher uh, okay. because he, his most famous student was St. Thomas Aquinas. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> So, so if Thomas Aquinas is the is the Dominicans, patron, right? Yeah, the, the, they're both Dominicans. Saint Albert and kind of the first generation following Saint Dominic and Saint Thomas, and sort of the second generation. Wow. So, in a certain sense, Saint Albert's a sort of spiritual son of Saint Dominic, and Saint Thomas would be a sort of spiritual grandson of Saint Dominic. Wow, interesting. But, but, but you know, Saint Thomas is held up as the great patron of Catholic schools, and especially of Catholic school students. I think St. Albert's a great, I, that's St. Thomas. I think St. Albert is a great patron for Catholic school teachers because the goal of the teacher is to recede. The, the teacher does not need to be seen. She simply serves at the good of her students. And so if, 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 if Albert is sometimes forgotten in favor of his student, it's only because he's accomplished the task he set out to do, which was to make sure that his student was the best that, the, the best that he could ever be. St. Albert is our high school in the... West part of our in the western part of the diocese. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So so so, so Saint Albert uh, Saint Albert High School in in Council Bluffs is very very significant. And Albert's an important patron today, especially in an age that that sees very often a necessary conflict between science and religion, because Saint Albert is credited not just by Catholics but by everybody basically with having um, 
first written down and systemized what is now known as the scientific method. So the whole process of, of proposing a hypothesis um, and setting up control factors in order then to test the hypothesis and then testing the hypothesis for proofs, that all derives ultimately from Albert the Great. He's generally considered the greatest, certainly the greatest German and perhaps the greatest just philosopher of uh, of the Middle Ages. Um, and he, he, he so, well, Thomas Aquinas is known as the angelic doctor. Angelic doctor. Albert is known as the universal doctor because his knowledge was totally scoping. He was a scientist and a philosopher and an artist and a musician and and and, a, and an astronomer. And he wrote about all of these things. Right. Um and he and he he had a seemingly encyclopedic mind. He knew about any everything that there was to know about at the time. Um, he's the one who helped Thomas bring uh, Aristotle into uh, into the West. Uh, he's the one who put Thomas first in contact with the writing of the Arab or Muslim, or Muslim philosophers, which is where we got most of the Greek stuff at the time. Um, he's the one who taught Thomas never be afraid about where the information is coming from. Simply test it for its truth value and then use it for the service of the faith. And very importantly for many of our listeners, uh, Albert, at the end of his life, and it's a long, 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 long life, he lives uh, to be uh, to be at least 80 years old, suffers from dementia. So he lo- this 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 great mind loses his mind at the end of his life. And it was very, very painful and it was very painful for him. But he but but he accepted it uh, as 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 a gift from God to teach him humility so that he could be holy by the time he died. Um, and he was very honest. It would be difficult to be that brilliant of a person and not struggle with pride. And he knew that he needed to be more humble by the time he went to meet the Lord. That is a great approach, Father. And, and respectfully, sometimes when we have an, a high intellectual formation, literally, I mean, eloquent, uh, academic skills, sometimes we miss it a human being to... I mean, come down and we can approach the people, especially in terms of faith, because in a in a certain manner, theology is a certain level that implied some philosophy background to understand theology as well. So how we can help in also our preachers to just come down and helping people to approach in a more formative manner our faith, you know, and this is a very example that you said at the end of the life, he was suffered for dementia. So I, I, I think Albert can be fairly said to be more responsible than anyone else, even Thomas, uh, for having created the sort of structure that exists in seminaries now and has since not long after their death, which is that a person, a man is obliged to study philosophy before he's allowed to seriously study theology you have to learn to think well before you think about the most important things. Now, the way that comes out in in preaching, say, uh, it does not necessarily mean that you're teaching metaphysics explicitly from the pulpit. That, that's I, that, not that, what's no, going that's on, right? right. That's right. But but it is calling to 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 calling into question and calling to mind um, the kind of presumptions or presuppositions that our people have when they're um, when they're thinking and talking about things. Uh, you know, um, and sometimes just the dynamics of language. I'll very often say to people, you know, um, you, you, you say to me, well, Father, we don't believe in that or we don't believe in, we don't believe in abortion. Well, that's not strictly true. You know that abortion exists. You think it's a bad thing. 
I do too. Fair enough. But don't use sloppy language like that. Because if you say, I don't believe in abortion, and then you also say, I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, it sounds like you don't know what you're Contra talking about. Right? So, 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 so Aquinas and, and, and Albert, probably more than anybody else, really help us lay out what the act of faith actually does for us. So that faith isn't just a vague sense of hoping or wishing, but that is, but that is an actual act of the intellect that perfects the work of the mind and, and, and gives us access to knowledge of God, which otherwise would not be possible for us. That, that what this does then is impresses upon our passions and our emotions and our feelings so that we're able to be rightly disposed toward the right kinds of things and then averted or directed away from the wrong kinds of things. And it's perfected in charity, which allows us to act in a way which we would not be capable of on our own. And absolutely imply humility, you know, to accepting that behind that level of knowledge is the Holy Spirit that guides you to understanding and helping others to understand the mystery of faith. So probably the most famous story told about Thomas and Albert together is that when Thomas first became Albert's student, Albert had to leave the classroom for a few moments, like happens in every classroom in the world, right? And while he was out of the room, the other students said to Thomas, Thomas, come look out the window. There's a pig flying. And so uh, Thomas gets up and he goes and he looks out the window and there's obviously not a pig flying. And everybody laughs at him because said, Thomas, did you really think that a pig could fly? And he looked at the brothers and he said, well, I would rather believe, believe that a pig could fly than that one of my brothers could tell me a lie. And at that point, Albert comes back into the room and the students nickname Thomas the dumb ox because he's big and kind of lumbery and because this was a very foolish thing to do. And Albert says, I tell you, this dumb ox will bellow so loudly the world will never will never tire of hearing its echo. The, the point is both men strove for and were grounded in humility in order to exercise their intellect, not the other way around. Iowa Catholic Radio, be not afraid. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Paul Martin and Paul Mitchell, owners of Imogene Ingredients. Imogene Ingredients supply specialized feed ingredients for livestock and pet diets to improve maternal and young animal health in both conventional and organic production. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by Integrative Psychology Services, a private practice of Catholic therapists offering individual and family therapy for adults and adolescents. Learn more at intpsychology.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Knights of Columbus Borman and Pfeiffer Agencies, serving Catholic families in Iowa, offering life insurance, long-term care insurance, disability insurance, and retirement annuities. The Knights of Columbus, the Fraternal Benefit Society, able to provide financial security to members and their families. Learn how Knights of Columbus agent Walker Borman can help at 563-689-6801. That's 563-689-6801 or kofc.org. kofc.org. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Confluence Brewing Company, brewed locally since 2012 and featuring regular, seasonal, and limited-release beers. Confluence Brewing Company, 1235 Thomas Beck Road, off the bike trail south of Grays Lake. Confluencebrewing.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from Westgate Dental, offering cosmetic, family, implant, and general dentistry. Located at 1073rd Street, Suite 1 in West Des Moines, just behind Dowling Catholic High School. Learn more at westgatedentalia.com. 
Dad, how are things going at Savings in DePaul? Awesome, Zoe. Our 6th Avenue, Army Post Road, and Windsor Heights locations are really busy. Steve Haveman, Executive Director of St. Vincent DePaul, thanking you for your continued support. How can people help St. Vincent DePaul, Dad? By donating and shopping. St. Vincent DePaul helps everyone, even kids' lives. <laughs> yes, Zoe, even kids' lives. Thanks for shopping at our St. Vincent DePaul thrift stores. Welcome back to Binad Afraid, Iowa Catholic Radio. So in this 33 Sunday of Ordinary Time, St. Paul in the first reading to the Thessalonians, chapter 5, 1 to 6, tell us. Concerning times and seasons, brothers and sisters, you have no need for anything to be written to you. For you yourselves know very well that the Lord will come like a thief at night. When people are saying peace and security, then sudden disaster comes upon them like labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness for that day to overtake you like a thief, for all of you are children of the light and children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as the rest do, but let us stay alert and sober. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Stay alert and sober, and presumably... It's not drinking, nothing like that. But in terms of our spiritual life, what implied this? Back to my mind, your previous comment about this eloquent, intelligent mice, mind, excuse me, that had been described at the end of the life, this man suffered dementia. How we can be sober and alert with this kind of down quickly and decreasing quickly the lucid attitude to approach the end of the life. So the mind is, of course, a, a, a complex entity. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the brain, a complex organ. And, of course, we would at least maintain that the intellect is not identical with the mind is contained in the human brain, but, but is okay. in, interactive with the, with the immaterial soul. But, but St. Paul here, right, the, the last line, stay sober and alert, he's actually quoting Jesus. Right. In the parable of the wise virgins Beautiful. who are made to stay sober and alert because you do not know the hour when the Lord will come. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and, and they're 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 staying up all night waiting for a wedding feast. So it's understandable that people get tired or maybe people are drinking. Right. Um, <laughs> but 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 that's not what he's pointing to. He's he, he's he's pointing to vigilance, to, to a sensibility, to, to awareness, like a attentive awareness. Right. Um, and he uses. Again, an image that the Lord himself used and that, that Paul uses in several places, which is the image of, of a pregnant woman. Now, on the one hand, he says, right, all of creation is groaning like a woman in labor pains, striving to give birth. On the other hand, he says the church is like a mother who gives birth to her children through holy baptism. Here, he's saying that the suddenness, the breaking through of God's grace is like when labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, which seems to happen all at once, sort of unawares. Um, I was uh, at a family's house a couple of years ago uh, having dinner with them. Okay. And, and in the middle of dinner, the woman went into labor, right? Oh. And, and so, and, 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 you know, many of our listeners have had this sort of experience. It comes uh, often very unexpected, very unawares, right? This is not only true for the end of time. And in some ways that's, that's Paul's real note here to the Thessalonians. I don't need to write you about when the Lord's coming again. 
you know already, he said, he's going to come like a thief in the night. So you don't need to worry about the when or where. You just need to stay awake. I think when it comes to that question of uh, especially our, our beloved elders who struggle with dementia or Alzheimer's or other, uh, other kinds of um, uh, neurological problems that, that, that cause them to be less aware. The question is not whether, whether or not the Lord can break through even into the mind of a person suffering dementia. Those of us in the medical and social work and ministry communities, we see this every day. Oftentimes at the end, there's a moment of lucidity for a person that's been right. out of it for a long time. That's, that's not the issue. The question is, while we are in control of our faculties, while we do have a meaningful degree of, uh, of support over our lives, can we keep ourselves so attentive so that even should we lose our minds, the last default that we have is Jesus. What about if we approach somebody at the IC unit with a, um dementia or, or another kind of mental uh, illness at the end of his life, presumably that God's grace and mercy had been acting even if the person had not able to respond, yes, no, I'm sorry, uh, forgive me. Do you know what I mean? I anointed a woman just last week who uh, had not suffered from dementia for years and years and years, but in these last weeks of her life was very much out of it and was very drugged up and so was not very aware with it, right? Uh, she appeared to be unconscious as I, was, as I was giving her last rites. And right at the end, her eyes were closed, but she reached up and she grabbed my hand, even though her eyes were closed. And she said, yes, Jesus. Wow. Yes, Jesus. So that the, like the last part of her awareness that was still there was simply directed to the life of the Lord. Uh, I, I couldn't think of a better way to die. <laughs> I had an uncle. Uh, the first deathbed I was at uh, was, was my uncle Eddie's. Um, and, uh, and he died simply saying over and over and over again, Hail Mary, Hail Mary, Hail Mary. He couldn't say any other words. He couldn't finish the prayer. He just kept saying, Hail Mary, Hail Mary, Hail Mary. And I always think back to, to the man whom Dante meets in, in purgatory, who, who, who Dante knows died in mortal sin. How can you be here? As I lay bleeding on the floor, I cried but one tear. I shed but one tear and said, Ave Maria. That sort of awareness is enough to save us because of what God has done in us, not because it's a great act or work on our part, but because God has has worked this out in us. His love and mercy endured forever. That's right. Wow. And so, so, so this this awareness, like the the vigilance the Lord calls us to, it isn't um, spastic or hysterical. Yeah, yeah. It's not meant to make us nervous or or or, or, or constantly fearful. It's it, it, it's simply to make us aware in much the same way that a woman who knows she's pregnant needs to be aware so that she can best tend her baby. The best baby we ever deliver is our souls to eternal life. Father, we are approaching our ending program and probably many of our audience have been <laughs> anxious for that last moment or many. We don't know. Could you please send us with your blessing? May the passion of the Lord Jesus, the merits and prayers of the Blessed Virgin, St. Joseph, Mother Cabrini, St. Albert, and all the saints, grant that whatever good you do or suffering you endure, heal you all your sins, help you to grow in holiness, and bring you, when your time has come, to the everlasting life, the Father, the Son, 
and the Holy Spirit. Iowa Catholic Radio, Be Not Afraid. Be Not Afraid. Jesus is on the way to encounter you. Go forward and be not afraid. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Be Not Afraid comes from Ball Team, your builder of all faith-based construction needs. Learn more at buildwithball.com. Support for programming provided by Dr. David Ball at Des Moines Eye Surgeons, your total eye care specialist, specializing in cataracts and glaucoma care. Des Moines Eye Surgeons, 515-225-3546 or dmisurgeons.com. Would you like to get more involved as a volunteer? Intervisions Healthcare empowers at-risk women facing an unplanned pregnancy to make life-affirming decisions. But our nursing staff can't do it alone. Our unplanned pregnancy clinic seeks dedicated advocates, receptionists, and nursing volunteers to meet the needs of hundreds of at-risk patients we see each year. If you are a people person who wants to help moms with unplanned pregnancies, contact us today at 515-440-2273 or visit IVHcare.org. Support for programming comes from Vitae Family Care, welcoming new patients to their expanded clinic. Doctors Gregory McKernan and Ben Schwab provide personalized health care for the whole family, respecting the dignity of the whole person through every stage of life. Learn more at vitaefamilycare.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Skeffington's Formal Wear. In business since 1951, with locations in Des Moines, West Des Moines, Coralville, and Ankeny. Skeffington's Formal Wear, fitting you for life celebrations. Online at skeffingtons.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from CTO. Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO, you receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Help connect listeners to Christ. Tell a friend about Iowa Catholic Radio. Here's your forecast on Iowa Catholic Radio. Central Iowa sunshine today with a high in the mid-60s. Clear skies overnight, a low around 38. Then more sunshine on Tuesday, breezy with a high again in the mid-60s. Forecast brought to you by Dinner in December featuring Dr. David Anders from EWTN's Call to Communion. Join the Iowa Catholic Radio family at the downtown Embassy Suites for cocktail hour, dinner, and a special announcement. Learn more at iowacatholicradio.com. And that's your forecast on the Iowa Catholic Radio Network, connecting listeners to Christ. Listener-supported Iowa Catholic Radio, 1150 AM KWKY, Des Moines, 94.5 FM K233BT, Des Moines, 88.5 FM KIHS, Adel, online anytime at iowacatholicradio.com. Pray the Iowa Catholic 